Greetings and welcome to the Yesteryear Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey through history on specific dates. I'm Adrian, your knowledgeable companion in world history and sports. And I'm Becca, the science and music aficionado who's always ready for a good story. Today is April 28th, and we're excited to share some captivating tales from the past. On a more solemn note, today is also Workers' Memorial Day, a time to remember and honor those who have lost their lives or suffered injuries in the workplace. That's right, Becca. It's important to recognize the sacrifices made by workers around the world. And now let's delve into the intriguing stories that have shaped April 28th throughout history. So let's dive into our first story. On April 28, 1881, the notorious outlaw Billy the Kid managed to escape from the Lincoln County Jail in New Mexico. Born William Henry McCarty Jr., he was better known as Billy the Kid and was wanted for multiple crimes, including murder. During his daring escape, he killed two guards, which further cemented his status as an infamous figure in the Wild West. That's incredible. How did he manage to pull it off? It's said that he slipped out of his handcuffs, overpowered a guard, and took his weapon. From there, he used the element of surprise to overcome the other guards and make his escape. Billy the Kid managed to evade capture for several more months before being fatally shot by Sheriff Pat Garrett. On a different note, on this day in 1945, Italian dictator Benito Mussolini and his mistress Clara Petacci were captured and executed by Italian partisans. Their bodies were later hung in a public square in Milan, symbolizing the end of the fascist regime in Italy and marking a turning point for the country as it sought to rebuild after the war. It was a dramatic end to a brutal dictatorship. Moving on to another impactful moment in history, on April 28, 1967, Boxing legend Muhammad Ali refused to be inducted into the U.S. Army, citing his religious beliefs and opposition to the Vietnam War. Ali, a devout Muslim, stated that his faith prevented him from participating in the war and that he couldn't support a conflict that went against his principles. His stance on the war was certainly controversial at the time. How did it affect his career and reputation? Ali's decision led to his conviction for draft evasion, which was later overturned by the Supreme Court. In the meantime, though, he was stripped of his heavyweight title and faced a ban from boxing for several years. Despite these setbacks, Ali's stance on the Vietnam War has come to be seen as an important moment in the civil rights movement and sports history, with many admiring his courage to stand up for his beliefs. For our first deep dive today, we'll explore the infamous mutiny on the HMS Bounty, which occurred on April 28, 1789. The Bounty, a British Royal Navy vessel, was on a mission to transport breadfruit plants from Tahiti to the West Indies as a cheap source of food for slaves. Led by the ship's master's mate, Fletcher Christian, the mutineers took control of the ship and set the commanding officer, Lieutenant William Bly, adrift in a small boat with 18 loyal crew members. That sounds like a tense situation. What caused the mutiny in the first place? It's believed that the mutineers were motivated by a combination of factors, including poor treatment by Bly, who was known for his harsh discipline and explosive temper and the allure of the idyllic life they had experienced during their stay in Tahiti. The crew had spent five months in Tahiti, forming relationships with the local people and growing accustomed to the island's relaxed lifestyle. This made the prospect of returning to England under Bly's command even less appealing. So what happened to the mutineers and the loyal crew members after the mutiny? Bly and his loyal crew members embarked on an incredible 3,600-mile journey in the small boat eventually reaching safety in Timor after 47 days. Miraculously, all but one of them survived the ordeal. As for the mutineers, 
They returned to Tahiti, where some decided to stay. Fletcher Christian and eight others, along with some Tahitian men and women, set sail once more and settled on the remote Pitcairn Island to evade capture by the Royal Navy. The mutiny on the HMS Bounty would go on to become one of the most well-known stories of rebellion in maritime history. It has inspired numerous books, films, and even a couple of musicals. The story has been romanticized and retold countless times, often focusing on the conflicts between Fletcher Christian and William Bly, as well as the allure of the South Pacific paradise that ultimately led the crew to mutiny. Our second deep dive today takes us to the signing of the Treaty of San Francisco on April 28, 1952. This peace treaty officially ended World War II between Japan and the Allied powers, and it marked the restoration of Japan's sovereignty and the beginning of its post-war recovery. What led up to the signing of this treaty? Can you provide some background? After Japan's surrender in 1945, the country was occupied by the Allied forces led by the United States. During this time, Japan underwent significant political, social, and economic reforms. The occupation lasted until 1952, and the Treaty of San Francisco was a key part of the process to end the occupation and re-establish Japan as an independent nation. How did this treaty affect Japan's relationship with the international community? The treaty established Japan's new position as a peaceful and democratic nation, renouncing its right to wage war and agreeing to settle disputes through diplomacy. It also paved the way for Japan to become a key ally of the United States and a major player in the global economy. Were there any contentious issues or any countries that did not sign the treaty? Yes, there were. Notably, the Soviet Union and several other communist countries did not sign the treaty, as they had concerns about the terms of the agreement, particularly Japan's rearmament under U.S. guidance. However, despite these disagreements, the treaty ultimately allowed Japan to rebuild its economy and become the thriving nation it is today. It's fascinating how the signing of this treaty played such a crucial role in shaping Japan's post-war trajectory. Can you tell us about any lasting impacts of the treaty on modern Japan? Absolutely. The treaty's impact on modern Japan is evident in its pacifist constitution, which remains in place to this day. Japan has also maintained strong diplomatic ties with many nations, particularly the United States, which has played a significant role in shaping the country's foreign policy and its economic development. It's time to elevate the mood with some pop culture. On April 28, 1947, Igor Stravinsky conducted the premiere of his ballet, Orpheus, at the New York City Center. The ballet tells the tragic story of Orpheus and Eurydice and is considered one of Stravinsky's most important neoclassical works. Speaking of music, on this day in 1973, Pink Floyd's iconic album, The Dark Side of the Moon, hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart. The album, which explores themes of life, death, and mental health, became one of the best-selling albums of all time and solidified Pink Floyd's place in rock history. Ah, what an incredible album. Do you have a favorite track from it? That's a tough choice, but I think time has always resonated with me, especially its introspective lyrics. What about you? I've always been drawn to brain damage and the way it captures the album's overarching theme of mental health. But honestly, the entire album is a masterpiece. Absolutely. And from one groundbreaking moment in music history to another, on April 28, 2003, 
Apple launched the iTunes Store, revolutionizing the way we buy and listen to music. With over 200,000 songs available at launch, it quickly became the go-to platform for digital music purchases and set the stage for the streaming era. It's hard to imagine a time before iTunes and streaming services, isn't it? The impact of the iTunes store on the music industry has been immense, from altering the way artists release and promote their music to shaping the business models of record labels. Definitely. iTunes not only changed how we consume music, but also contributed to the decline of physical media like CDs. And while some might argue that streaming services have led to a decrease in album sales, it's also allowed for greater accessibility to music and a more level playing field for independent artists. It's fascinating how technology continues to shape the music landscape, and we can trace so much of that back to the launch of the iTunes Store on this day in history. That wraps up our journey through April 28th in history. From outlaws and mutinies to groundbreaking music and peace treaties, we've covered quite a range of events today. Thank you for joining us on this exploration of the past. We hope you enjoyed your time with us, and remember to keep an eye on the skies and your podcast feed. See you tomorrow for more chronicles of yesteryear.